If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Stop punishing yourself with bland, chalky protein shakes and fuel your fitness with the best protein in the game at GNC. We've got the hottest brands and flavors that legit taste like cookies, your favorite cereal, indulgent desserts, and more. It's on at GNC. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. And the final scores from Ibrox Rangers 4, Celtic 1. This is Tino from the Celtic Exchange. This afternoon I'm joined by Miff. We can only hope that Eddie Howe was out walking the dog this Sunday because that was woeful, Miff. What are you saying, Tip? Hi Tino, um, hi dear listeners, and uh, what I will say is Eddie Howe's probably not going to need to worry about all of those guys that were on the park today, <laughs> he's probably not going to need to worry about the nightmare of coaching them and trying to rebuild their confidence because I don't think a lot of them will be there, but in the context of today you have to say that's just put the tin lid on, on the season as is, is taking a, a proper baton from, from Rangers and I, I think most fans out there would have felt that the minute Rangers scored in Callum McGregor, the, the, the double swing of, or, or probably the triple swing of um, McGregor's excellent save from Elianusi within minutes or even seconds turning into being a man down and a goal down is really just that is it in an absolute nutshell for this season. So I think most Celtic fans out there would have probably went, yeah, probably just do something else on my Sunday today. Like you say, take the dog a walk, drink a lot of alcoholic beverages or whatever takes your fancy. Uh, it was It was grim stuff. And even even when they even when Celtic scored, it felt very much like a it was almost a token gesture. You didn't really feel the the belief was there to actually actually win the game. I certainly I didn't anyway. And I, you know, I think maybe that's just the kind of the, I, I was getting into it fairly pessimistic. My, my comments pre match were I expect Celtic to have the ball, create some chances, not take them, and get beat. And in many ways that did happen. We've been beat four one, and we could have scored many many more goals than the, the one that we did. But as usual, we didn't. And the, the, the man advantage that Rangers had really told in the second half, and, and I'm, not a, I'm not ashamed to admit that I was watching it between the cracks of my fingers because I thought it would have been a lot worse than, than 4-1 um, because Rangers used the, the pitch really well and stretched us. And what we, we saw today is symptomatic of the mentality of the team, not that desire there to stop the other team scoring. Now, whether that's through the, you know even the body language of trying to get back in and fill in space, or when they are you know trying to you know, you saw that with Ayer with, with Morelos's goal, so it's uh, yeah I, I think that I think that just sums up the, the mentality of the team when they're defending. They're not going all out to try and stop the ball getting in the net, and and 
if that's a mentality going through the whole team, what chance have you got? Ball didn't stick when it was going up front either, to be fair. When you're down to 10 men, it's probably really important that the ball sticks, gets held up for the first 10, 15 minutes of the first half. We were just camped in and it was absolutely no surprise when Rangers scored their third. And again, just a simple ball in the box. A runner into the box not matched, which pulled Ayer out of position. But again, I think it was a, it was almost like an excuse to be out of position. You know, he didn't really look like he wanted to attack the ball coming into the box. And it's a, it's a sad state of affairs for a team that was, was going for history. They've, they've really they've really let themselves down, they've let the club down and, and they've let the fans down. Where where this leaves us, I don't really know. It's almost like it's been a everything's kinda of been on hold since Lennon. You know, the league was effectively gone when when Lennon left anyway. It was all but done. We've kinda of been in a holding pattern since then and nothing's really changed. I think the the only hope that you had was the one thing we had left to play for was to stop Rangers going unbeaten in the league. Clearly, that carrot wasn't enough for the players to get their act together. And with it being Brown's swan song final game against Rangers, be a few other last games against Rangers, I'd imagine, Timo. So you mm-hmm. thought that would maybe drag one last performance out of them, but alas, it wasn't to be. All in all, fairly grim, but probably sadly for me to say, expected. Yeah, yeah, there's no huge surprise, and I don't think many were tipping Celtic to win before the game. And I'm ever the optimist, Smith, but I think in our heart of hearts, I think we all knew uh, the right was on the wall for this team, and, and so it's proven to be the case today. As you rightfully say, it's probably now the end of the road for several characters, definitely for Bruni, probably for guys like Christie, Eddie, Ayer, and others just proven not to be good enough. John Joe Kenny should be nowhere near the club. I thought Greg Taylor was woeful. Scott Bain showed why he's a third-choice goalie. But even that aside, ability aside, I think the character and the mentality and that or the lack of character, uh, you know, it was just it was almost you know, summed up in that that ninety minutes there between a failure to convert and just a, a real lack of heart. Uh, absolutely, you know, and, and those three players you mentioned there, in Bain, Kenny, and Taylor, that's your keeper and your two fullbacks. Yeah. So if if they are substandard and they are some way off the required standard and even the required mentality for a game like that, then you are really, really struggling because that's, you know, that's a major chunk of your defence. So it's no, it's no surprise that you can see such soft goals. But that, again, one of the, or I felt one of the, the better elements of the Kennedy era was the, the solidity of Ayer and Welsh, mm-hmm. um, even in games against Rangers. But today that was, that was lacking as well. It was just, it was just really poor, and I think it all just goes back to to mentality. Who who really wants to who really wants to put their head in where it hurts in either box? And it doesn't seem we have too many of those those types of characters on the team just now, which is which is a pity. We can only hope that we have a summer where we get in the types of players that we want. We've got a bit of steel and also a bit of quality, but that will require money to be parted by the club. And the way that the, the club's cash flow and balance sheet is managed by the board of directors, whereby prudence generally comes first, mm-hmm. or coming out, out the tail end of a global pandemic, um, we have probably made use of some of the cash reserves that, that we have. You know, you keep cash at bank for these purposes. Fans don't really want to hear that when their team's just been shooed 4 1 by their, their nearest and bitterest rivals. Mm-hmm. They want to know the action is afoot. So I think every Celtic fan stands by their, their phone, their laptop, their tablet, or just their sports channel, their sports news channel, waiting to hear what the next moves are going to be. Because the longer this inaction goes on, the bigger the frustrations become. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, whoever they bring in, whether it's Eddie Howe or anybody, they must be telling this new guy there's money to spend. Nobody would take the job without money, so it's, as you rightfully say, Matt, historically Celtic have always been very careful with the pennies and, you know, not getting into the red or anything like that. I think if they're serious about challenging next year, they simply need to do that because it's a root and branch clear out required and big money is required to replace the big characters that are going to be leaving. So what we'll do, Matt, we'll jump back into the game and kind of pick up on some of the key points. So I suppose... First serious point I know, and you know, it's it was such an important passage I play in the game. El Unice cracks the bar, good save by McGregor, of course. Rangers break up the park, McGregor commits the foul to ultimately be sent off from, and they then go on to, to convert. What was your take on, on that wee passage of play? Yeah, I thought I thought it was excellent for El Unice, um, who had flashes today, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, going down to 10 men, that, that then means that El Unice's kind of end up almost not, not useless, but his effect becomes nullified because he ends up doing a job that he, he's not really in the team to do and, and he won't do that job well and that is kind of track back, sit in. You know, that, that's not what Elinus is about. And you saw in, in other flashes where he, you know, he's got the quality to run at players, beat them, commit them, create chances. But when, when you get down to 10, you feel like the edge comes off that. But in any case, I, I thought that that passage of play for Elinus, it was excellent. I thought the save for McGregor was, was absolutely top thrower. And then for Carl McGregor to go to ground and flying in like that, when he's already on a, a yellow is just absolutely baffling. And again, I think I think it tells you the the mentality of the team that their heads are, are scrambled. Um, and you even even saw that. I know I'm skipping on to the to the second goal for, for Morelos, but between Brown, Ayer, and Bain, mm-hmm. um, just that lack of willingness to stop the ball going in the net. Bain's kind of put his hand up and dive back away. I've no, I don't think I've ever seen a goalkeeper do that before. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, I suppose in, in fairness to Scott Bain. He's, Maybe trying different techniques on how to stop the book in the day. Well. It's not very effective. I mean, I, I, the thing is, we've been, there's two ways of looking at this, you know. If, you, if you're a professional football player getting paid money and then you get selected to go and play and you play to the best of your ability, which is mm-hmm. lacking of the required standard, yeah. you then think, mm, you know, you then stop slagging or criticising whatever terminology you want to use to the player yeah. and go, well, who keeps picking? And, and is, there, is there anything that that Barkas has done, other than I can only think of maybe two instances where Barkas has made a fairly obvious error. I, I can only assume that Barkas must must not be very good in training either. Otherwise, the constant playing of, of Bain is, 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 is fairly baffling to me. But the whole, I mean, the fact that Roof, Roof has actually chested, he's chested the ball in, <laughs> right? And yeah. it's, again, there's an element of luck to that goal because it's a slaffed shot, which um, Roof has made something out of, and by the way, you know, instinctive finish, fair play. You can't, you need, you need to give him credit on that. The whilst you can bemoan that that bit of luck, the fact that you've got then the fact that it's happened so soon after Elanusi's hit the bar, mm-hmm. and McGregor's decided to make that really rash challenge on the edge of the box. To me, I, I knew at that moment. I said, "That's just that's that. This is this is just going to wrap this season up in a lovely wee ball for us now, because that's just that's just absolutely topped a lot of." Just we've found a new farcical way to go about this. Not only have we have we managed to do our usual, not take a chance, although you have caught a chance, but had a bit of luck go against us um, at one end of the park, then have another bit of luck go against us at the other end. We managed to get a man sent off in between it as well. So that that even for our standards this season of of absolute farce is is new. And from somebody's experience with McGregor, somebody that's came through at the club knows what you know what it's all about. Knows what these these games mean to the fans. You know, it suggests to me, unfortunately, half the players are already in their speedos, yeah. in their heads at least anyway, you know, and they're already getting their feet up wherever they're heading off to, although 
with the restrictions, it might be off moment. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. I think McGregor's head's gone as well, and he's one of our more more experienced players. But it just sums up his season that that few few minutes. The first book and it did the word, um, and there's no argument at all. They're sending off two clear yellow cards. First one is just no need. You know, I think Kent skipped by him around about the halfway line, or maybe just in our half. To be fair, I think if MD was in that situation, I think MD would have like a wee kick at Kent. I had to do it in the last 10, not in the... I don't I mean, yeah, just in, in terms of probably timing in the game, so... Especially when you've been about. pegged, though. Especially when you've been pegged. I kind of got that one from the point of view. Like, right, I've been pegged, man, I need to take him out. But yeah. the second one, you know, you're, there's a defensive shape there. Yes, it's on the edge of the box. Yes, it's dangerous. But you've been booked. Stay in your feet and track it on him, surely. Yeah. I mean, that is that is the only option there. He, he, he was out of control, and that's what you're yeah, trying to get. Yeah, he's left, he's left the ground. And don't get me wrong, there's still, there's still one one thing I will say, and, and this isn't necessarily in defence of, of McGregor as such, but that was two two fouls, two yells. You know, for the, the home side, um, there was many players made multiple fouls and didn't receive any cards. So I think there was a, a, a game. I think those two tackles, to know, to be sent off in the first half for those two tackles, I would say is pretty harsh, but I don't think you can argue with it, if that makes sense. I know that's slightly contradictory, but you know it seems really, really harsh, but you can't really argue it. You might argue that a more experienced ref in a, in a Celtic Rangers game would just keep the cards away as long as they can. And this is Nick, is it Nick Welsh. Nick Walsh, his first uh, you know, Celtic Rangers, he's dashed out the cards early. He dashed one out early to Simpson as well at the back for Rangers. And yeah, I know what you're saying. You know, there's a lot of heavier challenges usually going in these games unpunished. So it just seems to, you know, later in the game they are yellow cards, but usually in the early stages you don't get them. But you know, it's where we're at. You know, McGregor finds himself on a yellow, and at that point, you are walking a tightrope. He's not walked it. He's clattered all the way over it, and just you know, causes a serious problem because at that point you've still got more than an hour left to play. Obviously, they've you know, scored at that point from roof. And then there's also just a, a kind of flurry, as you say. So when Edward scores, of course you're pleased, but you're just thinking, is this just keeping things at bay temporarily? And lo and behold, I think four minutes later, Morelos dances by Brown. Brown just looked at that point as tired as he's ever looked, to be honest with you. He skips by him. Ayer could have got closer. He could have stayed big. He seems to have ducked out it in vain, as you say. I don't even know what he's done, to be honest with you. It was almost like he was doing, doing the backstroke. Yeah. Um, in addition, well, you know, whatever you know, covering Scott Bain, and as you say, it's not Scott Bain's fault that he's picked because we should have somebody better. It's not John Joe Kenny's fault that he's been brought in in January when we should have somebody better. Uh, and ultimately, this is where we find ourselves in terms of levels. But out with his goalkeeping, Scott Bain, his distribution, the amount of times he just fired it out the just park, kicked the ball out the park. Yeah, several times. And if it didn't go out the park, it went long to Goldson, and they just started again. So that's where we find ourselves. So two one down. Are you feeling the worst at half time? Yes. And to be perfectly frank with you, I'd have took four one. That's yeah. how that, that was how I felt. You know, I was like, I can't really see any way back in this. And then and then after after Ranger score, or just sorry, just before Ranger score, Turnbull has absolutely golden chance to make that two two. Mm-hmm. And that's again, goals change games, that totally changes the mentality. Whilst I never truly firmly believed we were going to get off the hook today, that, that goes in and then the team have something to hold on to. And then the, the, press, the pressure kind of flips on to Rangers, either to make something happen or Rangers could end up getting quite complacent, just keeping the ball happy to draw the game. You get into the last five, ten minutes, you can roll the dice because you'd rather get beat trying to win the game than, than just hold on for a 2-2 draw. But instead, again, the swing goes, Celtic miss a chance, Rangers score. It's 3-1 to Rangers and we can't open up because then you've got the danger of it becoming really embarrassing. Um, 
So as embarrassing as it was, I understand why, you know, 3 1, albeit that, you know, first goal came fairly late in the day, which was also fairly shambolic. But it just that, that goal happening, not taking that chance. Again, the, the roots of it are overall making it. And going back to the, going back to the Morelos goal, I mean, again, there's, there's an element of, of fortune there for the fact that it's, I think it's took three or four ricochets off Scott Brown's legs before it's yeah. it's came through. But again, that just that lack of intent, I would say. For, for Brown, it was very wishy-washy, very... You know, he'd done that a few times today where he just get, he gets sent, sent going the wrong way. And unfortunately, I think the, the events of the past few weeks, you know, Scott, Scott Brown showed, dare I say, a lack of professionalism today in his performance because he's already gone. It was almost like he'd packed up and left. And it's, it's horrible to say that for a man who's, who's given so much to the club. Um, and enjoyed so much success, but in, in fairness to him, um, his performance t- today suggested he was already away. Yeah, yeah, and and that's so disappointing. It's such a, a kind of sad end for a guy who's dominated that fixture for the best part of ten years. But he just, you know, whimpered out, and it, you know, doesn't give me any pleasure to see that. The other side of it, of course, is that you know, Soro came in, uh, I think, around about the sixty-minute mark, and didn't really do much at all to justify the cries for him to be the starter either. You know, and it's, I think, it's. Easy and maybe lazy of, of some of us, myself included, to say now's the time to bring in Soro for Brown. But actually, now's the time to bring in somebody else altogether for Brown and sign somebody to replace the guy who's dominated our midfield. Because I, I'm, I can't be convinced at this stage. And half an hour today is not a lot to go on. But is Soro actually the man to take on such a huge job for us? I would say yeah, not. I don't think it automatically has to be one or the other. I mean, re- remember at times, I would actually go as far as say at one point under Rogers, it was the enchanted Christine McGregor. A trio in, in the middle of the park that shows play some of our better football uh, in terms of fluidity in, in the middle of the park. Now, the exciting thing is there could be a manager that comes in and reinvigorate, reinvigorates those types of players. Also, Tom Rogic, who, who wasn't in the squad today, who's, who's signed a new contract. So, there are players still that are going to be in and around the squad who um, a new manager may very well come in and get a tune out of. This is what we don't know. We don't know that, that we, we can't have optimism based on not knowing anything. And when you don't have optimism in anything in life, never mind football, it's not a nice place to be. No. You need to know what's going to happen so that you can have the optimism so you can build up. And the quicker the club communicate that to us, the better. We, yeah. you know, how long have we been saying this? We've been Too saying long. this for months. Yeah. Absolute months. And that goes from the... Because remember, when the, when the season was flatlining and Lennon was being kept in situ, there was a mad phony working on... You know, this is the whole thing has been going on for, for a while where you get the feeling there's, you know, behind the scenes it's pretty restless at Celtic. And in, in some ways, I feel sorry for, sorry for John Kennedy. Sorry. <laughs> I feel sorry for John Kennedy because um, he's inherited this, but it's something, it's a job that he always wanted. I don't think by the selections that he's made and the substitutions that he's made, some of them today, even the timings of the substitutions, um, have have done him any favours. Um, yeah. I don't think he's maximised this, his chance when he's been put in the spotlight, and it's now time for an absolute, an undoubted fresh outlook. And the quicker that comes and gives the fans something to hold on to, the better. Yeah, absolutely. I just wonder though, you know, and as a, as a funny funny position that John Kennedy's come into, but actually. You could certainly, you know, accept anybody criticising him based on the teams that he's constantly put out there in the last three, four, five games. But actually, is there anyone else in our squad or up at Lennox Town that would have done any better today? And I just wonder if we just don't have the players or at least the, the group mentality to improve on what we've got. And it needs that freshness and that 
that new wave to come in and, and make change. And the, the, one of the things that does give me optimism is that Brendan Rodgers largely made a success out of his first season, which was the Invincible season, of course, with much, much, much the same players that Ronnie Dyla had been coaching. So, yeah, of course, the side just, just on that point, mm-hmm. a genuine Invincible season, by the way. Of course, yeah, not to be dismissed. Um, but yeah, so he, you know, he obviously added one or two in terms of Scott Sinclair and a couple of others. But actually, the guys that went through that invincible season were the same guys that had been over the course for Ronnie Dyla and, and taken some criticism. So you'd mentioned guys, whether it be Rodgers or others, there's guys in this squad who we know have ability and talent. And the big question is, can a new manager come in and turn that around whilst adding one or two gems? And of course, there's key positions to be addressed, not least of all the goalkeeper situation, first and foremost, a couple of fullbacks. And then name any one of you know several guys actually uh, ahead of that. But the hope is that someone can come in and first of all say, "This is who I've got. Can I do something better with them?" And you'd like to think, based on the dross that we've seen in recent weeks, that because we know these guys are good players, or we know a lot of them are good players, and you'd like to think that someone can come in and say, "Right, I know you've got more to offer, and here's how we're going to get the best out of you." So that would be the kind of nugget of hope that we're holding on to, because as you say, Miff, you need to have some sort of hope, and we're you know. We're, hovering around about rock bottom here now yeah. and we just need to you know, to, to hope that we get some big news in the next couple of weeks that starts to say okay that's where we've been, this season's a write off and let's look to the future Yeah, listen, all of this goes, I think a lot, a lot of fans have already checked out for this season as well you know, um, but all it takes is a right appointment, a couple of signings and, and the optimism returns so um, that that's where everybody's, everybody's looking now and it's all eyes on the, on the board to see to see what's going to happen next. The what, what I would say is, based on the the players' attitude, I think it's quite telling when, when the chips are down. You see the attitude of some players, and, and you see how they react to things, and you see like, little things that you notice, what rating things are like in the park. There's not there's not many you would keep. Do you know? There's not many you would keep. So no, it's a small um, list. It's uh, it, it's definitely intriguing for me for, for the summer. I've said it before, and I will say it again. Leave it to those who are born. Yeah. And you wonder who is willing, and that is the big question. So, you, Ryan Christie came on, I don't know what stage he came on in the game, half an hour ish. And he was terrible. I think he came on at the same time as Sorrow. So, 60 minutes and just done absolutely nothing with his remaining time. And I think, you know, of the two games he's got left, he, he is definitely one who falls into the headspace of, I'm just thinking about the summertime. And I know there's this strange situation with him that his contract is up in December or January. It's a, it's a weird situation he's in. I think you just cash in whatever you can get for Ryan Christie. You know, thank him for his work and all the best. Then we move on. The other but notable snub, of course, was Lee Griffiths. So you're looking for a goal at Ibrox to try and get you back in the game and you bring on Mikey Johnson, who's barely featured. What does that say to Lee Griffiths? And what does it say to uh, Steve Clark, who was watching on? Well, it's, to me, it's just an odd, that is an odd, odd situation. That's what I can really say. I, I, I don't really know what he's thinking. I, yeah. I don't know what he's thinking. You just wonder, um, John, John Kennedy knows Lee Griffiths, you know, probably more than anybody. He's been at the club throughout Griffiths' whole time. He knows how he performs, but he also knows who he is as a character. And it's clear to me that Kennedy's just not seen enough from him. Because we know that Griffiths can score goals. But if goals. that's the case, why have him on the bench? That's the, that's the thing I don't understand. Why put a guy on the bench you're not going to bring on? Yeah, you know, true. Uh, you know, and, and even the fact that Kamala played uh, Kennedy's first game then was never seen again, that's mm-hmm. quite odd as well. You know, yeah. there's loads of odd things went on that you're just like... The quicker, you know, the fact that a player's been bought and sold and we've known the manager as well, loads of things just aren't quite adding up. This season, this season, no doubt, 
a whole host of things will come out about what's going on behind mm-hmm. the, the scenes this season because it's not been it's it's not been a happy camp, and uh, the the quicker that we we get someone in to bring harmony to the squad and have players there that want to be there, the better. What this season has been, with the Celtic model being the way that it is, selling the dream of a move to the Premier League if you come in and you perform, this season has been a case in point of if you try to break that model and you try to keep a hold of players who don't want to be there, That's it. it. it's just it's an absolute disaster. So we need to think carefully about how we plan and how we recruit. You know, there will need to be a sprinkling of domestic, you know, good quality domestic players purchased. The likes of maybe your, your Ferguson's, uh, uh, the likes of Lewis Ferguson from, from Aberdeen, the likes of Alan Campbell from other as well, I think, has been... Did you take Porteous at Hibs? Been mooted, uh, no, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't take Porteous. I wouldn't take Porteous. I think people have mentioned Sean Rooney, but I think that's just because he's a mad Tim. Um, <laughs> but, the, yeah. you know, there's, there's, some, there's some domestic players that you can think of who are who are decent, young, but a hunger, but a desire to prove themselves. But then, if you're recruiting a young foreign talent, and and Edward would be the most obvious one. You know, Edward came in highly thought of at PSG, so to given him the first team platform. Which, let's be honest, with you, he's taken whilst he's been poor this season. He's, he's taken that performed well for the French under 21s. So he's in the short window. He's got a market value. However, have we kept him a season too long? Just to try and get us over the line because everything's built to the, the, the mythical ten. Yeah. And that's what that's what's left you in the position that you're in because you've probably got four or five, maybe even six guys in the squad that just don't want to be there. So intriguing how the summer's going to go. Many, many aspects of the squad need to be need to have some some surgery on them. However, ever the optimist team, let's yes. see what that looks like. Get us excited again, make the appointments, get us buzzing, get the season ticket renewals up, and we'll all be we'll all be back firing our money across to Mr Lowell before he goes. <laughs> I think so. I think just to go back on something, just to pick up on a point, you mentioned, you know, why does John Kennedy have Lee Griffiths on the bench if he's not going to play him? I actually think, as I mentioned, it just all comes down to a resource thing. I just don't think we have the, the required personnel, you know, to go and compete. As I've said before, and this isn't a personal slight on the guy, but, you know, with Tony Ralston being in the squad, you know, and guys like that still being around, um, you know, Ayeti we know is not good enough, you know, and him and Griffiths still featuring squads. What's the alternative? Because there's no other young striker chap in the door. And actually, in terms of resources, and I don't want to criticise this lad too much because I'm fond of him and I think he may go on to do well. But Stephen Wells showed why he was still, he's still got a lot to learn when 40 odd year old Jermaine Defoe's turned him inside out in the box. And I know it's the end of a game and it's tired legs and all that stuff, but so easy beat there. And, and Stephen Wells, let's be honest, is only there because Shane Duffy never done the job that he was brought in to do. And also, you know, Julian get injured and we've not replaced him accordingly. So I uh, hope and wish that Stephen Kenny, uh, Stephen Welsh goes on to do very well for Celtic, but he's shown at the moment that he's not quite there. Uh, and I think that's the case across the board in various key positions. Yes, and, you know, the fact that Welsh is in the team is because other players that were brought in didn't do the job. And, you know, he is he's still in a learning period. I think I think the issue you're, you're always going to have with Welsh is he's not the biggest. So as, as a result of that, um, because he's like a stature, uh, in the position that he plays, that's that's a, a concern. You know, to, to play the position that he plays, you do, you do need to have a certain amount of command and a, a certain amount of presence. You know, he seems to be a constant young lad. Um, he's just maybe needing to learn and get more experience and imposing himself a bit more in, in games. Um, I still think he, he suffers for that unfortunate um, trait of not fully clearing the ball when he goes to clear it. It always, always seems to be like kind of a, a scarf and a half. Games. 
maybe a bit more decisive um, with, with clearances and, and things like that. But let's be honest, team, we're doing this as a post match. We've done it for about half an hour. We could be here all day with the post mortem. All day. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, it's 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 came off the back of um, you know, we've taken a town. That's fine. That happens in football. Um, it's probably not been completely unexpected given the way that this season has been. As I say, puts a tin lid on it. You take it in the chin, and you say, right, what's next? And what's next is this appointment. It's got to be. It's got to be. I can't. You know, we can't. Surely we can't be in another podcast and post match where we're going next week. Next week. Next week. It can't. It can't keep happening. Surely it yeah. can't keep happening. Now, so. You're, you're- I was going to say, you're saying what's next this appointment, and you're right, Muff, but you're not getting excited about uh, St. Johnson next midweek, followed by Hibs at the weekend? Ah, well, there's an element of that, and who knows? You know, we may be playing against one of the next managers, Jack Ross or Callum Davidson, so yeah, um, they'll, be, they'll be able to scout the squad. Yeah, but as you say, Muff, today's result kind of puts a turn lid on it, and at least allows us to try as best we can to put this season behind us. So listen, thanks to you this afternoon, Muff, thanks to everyone who's still listening to the post-match, which has become the post-mortem. We will be back no. again uh, next week, midweek, because that's what we do. But in the meantime, thanks for listening. Network.